Welcome to Project Quantum Leap, the podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Andrew. I'm Sydney. Three fans, three generations, three unique perspectives, one leap back into a television phenomenon. Today we follow Ben on an exhausting trek through the woods and trauma. Uh, this, co- this episode will cover topics of self-harm and child abuse. Uh, so even though most of you have probably seen the episode, just be forewarned if you haven't, those topics will be covered here. And with this being the season, fin- the mid-season finale, uh, you can look forward to uh, me and Christina doing classic episodes of Quantum Leap. No particular order, we just choose episodes we like and we decide to talk about them. We do two episodes of the show per podcast. I, I choose one, Christina chooses one, and we discuss them. A quick shout out and a thank you to Al's Place. We can't believe we haven't done this before. If you haven't been to the site yet, it is a treasure trove of information on both classic and new Quantum Leap. So thank you for your hard work. The episode guides have helped us on a couple of episodes when it comes to grabbing Leap information that was missed the first time around. So for this episode, the Leap date is July 10th, 1996. The Leap location is somewhere between Sierra Nevada and Susanville, California, and the person being leapt into is Benjamin Winters. So the synopsis by NBC this week is that Ben leaps into the body of a 16-year-old boy and finds himself among a group of outcast teens on the run. Ben relies on determination to try and guide himself and Addison to safety, all leading to a shocking revelation as a significant piece of his memory returns. So, uh... This was quite the mid-season finale. It was. Can I just say a quick note to NBC? Do better on your wording next time, because I gotta say, when I opened it up and saw leaps into the body of a 16-year-old boy, <laughs> no one wants to read that. NBC, read the room. Come on. Um, thank you for the great content, but, you know, choose your words a little, a little better. Yeah, pay your interns a little more. They <laughs> might fix that. Yeah. Uh, what a heavy episode. It, it was. It had its fun moments sprinkled in, but yeah, overall, this was a um, dark, uh, dark, yeah, it went, dark, yeah. and it went dark fast. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think all of us are going to have um, sort of our own reasons why um, the topics from this episode are going to connect to us because I think it's safe to say we're all weird kids who don't do well in church circles. So a lot of a lot of the subject matter here is probably going to get hit hit close to home. Um it definitely did while I was watching it. Yeah. Any initial impressions? Um just what do we say this was 96? Yeah. Yep. The person I was in 96 was very different than the person I am today. I was 6 years old, so yeah. same. Yeah, I was 10, so same, same. Yeah, it's just, um, I mean, Andrew and I know from being raised in, with a religious background, we probably would have had, well, we probably would have had fairly different views back then until we got into the world and learned there's a whole rainbow of colors out there to be discovered. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were farther along in that process, definitely, because you would have been 16. Yeah. Whereas I was 10, so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was, you know, I was basically a baby. I didn't have any, like, 
self-awareness, yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> so um, you would have definitely had started that process much earlier. I mean, I know, I think a lot of that started for you when you were in the military. Um, yeah. But yeah, mine started in high school. Yeah. But actually, not that much different of a time frame, I think. Actually, and honestly, um, a few years. That that hardcore, you know, the one, the one girl was her name, Leah, mm-hmm. who was like, "Yeah, I like girls," and um, that was always conveyed to us through church, like, "That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong." And then I got into the military, and it did not take but like. 10 seconds to break that point of view. <laughs> I was like, why is that wrong? It's not wrong. No, whatever. Like who once you want. <laughs> once you live outside of it. Yeah. yeah. Are exposed to other human beings and um, witness how the world works. Yeah. And how the world works better when everybody is allowed to be who they are. Exactly. And honestly, she was probably my favorite character in this episode. Yeah, I resonated really... Um, really strongly with her as well. Um, I have a history of um, when I was not, not um, probably too different in age than they were depicted in this episode, but I want to say, you know, from the ages of like 12 to 16, um, I struggled with a lot of um, mental health trauma um, also dealt with some self-harm as well. And a lot of that stemmed from not uh, not the same exact issue, but issues of, um, you know, not being accepted, kind of being the weird, the weird fish in the pond. Um, I was very fortunate in that my family that was raising me was not super bible or super imposing of, you know, certain ideals. That I didn't agree with necessarily, but I was growing up at that time in a community that was very, very closed-minded and um, really not friendly to people who were maybe a little more on the spectrum, artistic or autistic. <laughs> um, and, you know, anyone who was neurodivergent, not that we we weren't even using terms like that yet at the time, but, yeah. you know, what, what I would later understand to be, you know, qualities of my own neurodivergence, but also just who I am as a person and, you know, my interests and things like that. And so there was a little something to relate to with all of these characters. And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of the audience watching, especially if they're still watching up till this episode and they weren't thrown off by things that (laughs) certain bigots and losers would have turned the show off by now. Yeah. Um, Basically, I mean, I don't. I have no problem calling out for the assholes who think there's a problem with Ian. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Um, By the way, I don't care if you don't. Yeah, since <laughs> I don't we're care on, if you don't listen to us. Yeah, since yeah, we're on 100%. Ian, the hair, the bomb. jewelry. Yeah, right. That was the first thing I went to this I was time. Like, I was like, <laughs> jewelry. I was wow, like, once again, on point, even in an emergency. Yeah. So, so um, the, the statements are strong. Very, very strong. It's great. Um, I also loved the moments of Ian sort of panicking and frantically being the only one trying to keep all the shit together <laughs> back at the base. Yeah. Like, um, hi. Uh, it's not like all this other things, all these other things aren't happening and I'm the only one trying to pull it together. Oh, wait, it is like that. 
That was. I, I, I made my little note. Um, it says, typical IT die. The attitude is to die for. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I could absolutely identify with Ian in that moment, being that, that one guy who actually has the job um, where that no one else could do it but me, or no one else is doing it but me. <laughs> and I was like, why yeah. are you freaking out? Yeah. I will also say back in, in the, not in the real world, back in present day, back at the home base, I always want to do that when I say, like, back in reality, <laughs> but, you know. Um, <laughs> it's all I, the reality. Once again, um, my favorite character on the main crew is still pretty solidly Jen. Uh, I like that we're getting more and more insights into her own sort of childhood, her background, her journey, um, why she's so connected to magic, who she calls her guardian angel i believe in this episode she referred to magic mm -hmm. as her guardian angel she did yeah um that was very soft of her her story yeah her story with her dad really probably rang truer to me even than leah's story back in the past um sort of i i was relating to what jen was going to going through very much um lots of daddy issues over here Absolutely. Um, what I what I said before about, you know, being fortunate with my family. I'm referring, of course, to the people who raised me and the people who raised me do not include my father. I relate very hard to Jen um, and even more so now, like sort of having that <laughs> checkered, questionable past of I could have very much gone down a path that I did not um, go down. Uh, thankfully, I totally feel that Jen is so, so cool. The fact that she was able to show vulnerability in this episode, granted it took being trapped in an elevator to get her to <laughs> crack that wall. Got no choice. Yeah. So big, I, I was all about um, seeing more of that from Jen and just another scene with Jen and magic in general. I love that so much. Yeah, there was a good, um, sort of parallel driven there between obviously the uh, trauma or drama uh, between people and their parents on both the Leap and the present day storylines, which was, you know, it's what they have been doing pretty much consistently in this whole show is paralleling the team, personal lives, what they're going through and what they're going through as a team with what Ben is specifically experiencing in that specifically. And I, and it, yeah, I like how they do that. Yeah, well, it gives us this door or more of a window into the lives of these characters in a very organic way. So it's well presented and well, well executed. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I was surprised that... I don't know, I find it uncommon for a character past a certain age, we're going to say like 30 years old, yeah. for the parents to actually play a role in that person's character development in any way. Like, that's not how it is in real life, but in shows, unless the parent is an actual character in the show, um, it's not usually going to play too hard on characters past a certain age, our age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, us oldies. Which is, you know, not true in real life. But uh, it's good to see Quantum Leap poking on that 
you know it's yeah one of the the things that this show is doing is I think it's examining everything right nothing is off off limits yeah. to examine and I'm gonna take that back to um one of the very first things I said on the first episode to how quant um Star Trek the inspection of the introspection of the, of the human element yeah. and even though this show is doing more than that it is still doing that and maybe not as a profound way as star trek um but you know you can't do everything yeah. but it's it knows how to walk this line and how much to do the things it's doing and it, it all comes off very well done to me yeah I, I would definitely agree with that um and and i think that's part of what makes it so relatable even the stuff in the past, the you know, the stuff in the present, it's it's all something we can each find something that we're like, okay, yeah, you know what? I, I get that. I do think um one I don't know if I want to call it criticism so much as just an observation. Um I thought it was interesting that in this leap, Ben doesn't really learn anything about the the person that he's leapt into. Um, specifically, like he knows that Benjamin, I'm going to say Ben for Ben and Benjamin for the kid. Yeah, that that's confusing. Possessing. Um, so Benjamin <laughs> is the kid and we don't learn pretty much anything about Benjamin other than that he is 16 and that he goes to this school and we, everything we and know steals about things. him. <laughs> I thought that was the other guy. No. No, no. They kept calling Ben, Benjamin Klepto. And okay. If you noticed also, um, when he was talking to Addison and they're like, Oh, is that your imaginary girlfriend? And it was like kind of normal for them to think that that would be fine for him. Like that's what he does. So Okay. Um I kinda get the idea that They didn't know him very well either. Yeah. I yeah. just felt like we learned more about the other characters in the party. Yeah. Compared to Benjamin. But then again, I guess I also was confused because I thought that the 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 klepto character was the other kid. The, I think the, your the point kid. still stands. Um, um, I just don't think it was necessary. Well, yeah, which that's, is, like, that's the, what I'm the saying. The point it's... was them as a group yeah. and the other students. Uh, ben and Benjamin had the opportunity to save them. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. what it was about. That's why I don't Not think Not about it's... who he was, but about who that what that person could do yeah which is why i said it's an observation more than a criticism because yeah. it's interesting to me that the the nature of this leap the purpose was not about one individual i think yeah. he could have just as easily leapt into the body of any of those kids and the outcome would have still been the same it still would have been the same um purpose and the same all the same realizations he had it would have all you know, played out identically yeah. if he had landed mm -hmm. in the bodies of any of those. I do feel, well, that's probably true. Uh, whatever is pulling the strings of the leaps yeah, probably chose Benjamin specifically because they called him new guy. He was new to that group. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that way um, Ben could see through the eyes of this character so that he could see the trauma of all of the other characters who had been through it the most. Yeah. 
um, so he could get like the full experience, the full scope of hearing all the different stories of the kids who've been through the, the worst of it because they've been at the school the longest. Um, I also couldn't help but think the whole entire time about the Paris Hilton documentary. <laughs> I kept thinking right. about like, oh, they literally went to a, a place like the the one in Provo that Paris Hilton got sent to. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look that up real quick. Um, I, I haven't watched the documentary, but I've heard the story and I've listened yeah. to a couple podcasts and I was like, what? And that was fairly recent in the grand scheme Post of things. Post-2000s. Yeah. 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 Like, so Jesus. Uh, so I thought it was cool that this is, um, I mean, what's happening isn't cool, but the, it is cool that in the context of this show, you know, they're they're addressing that. They're talking about that issue because it is something that is still actively happening right now. Um and so it's it's an important thing to to bring to light. Um and that's that's really important. It's not it's not an obvious thing that gets talked about a lot, I feel like, in pop culture, in fiction. Yeah. Um nowadays, it's not an easy thing to talk about. And it's not an easy thing to write stories about without being just like super depressing. Yeah. Um super insensitive a lot of the time it's hard to depict those kinds of things i really liked how this episode got into that subject matter without showing it in a way that could be traumatizing for viewers or like too shocking or too triggering um like i said i related to a lot of the things you know without getting into too much detail i feel like i've already gotten super personal but like without getting too much into it um obviously i was relating to a lot of things as i was watching it but it never felt like oh i can't watch this i have to turn this off it's too hard it never got to that point i was still yeah. entertained there was still a really good balance of we're talking about these things we're depicting these things but we're not just trying to shock and we're not trying to traumatize our audience at all yeah, yeah and they knew when to pull back and address a different subject yeah or Throw. give us a break in general yeah uh, i liked the wolf scene it was, it was awesome. it's funny that being attacked by wolves is an emotional break, but it yeah. was, yeah. Yeah. right? Because it turned into a, a silly thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also well, broke up was, the pacing too. Like it, it wasn't exactly. just a whole show of people walking, walking, walking. Like yeah. it, it was, there were moments of action in the plot, but it yeah. was also a moment of levity at the same time. So it was, yeah, I agree. That was a really cool, a really cool part. But wouldn't the wolves just come back in bigger numbers? They very likely could, but I mean, I, mean I, guess... I would have suggested sleeping in the trees. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think ultimately they still did the best that they that they could have done. I mean, maybe relocating or sleeping in the trees would have been the you know a better option after that. But but yeah. they were still right to, you know, make yourselves big and and <laughs> scare them off as yeah. opposed to acting yeah. like prey. I mean, and they did decide to sleep and shift. So I mean, yeah, 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 yeah no. Uh, I do want to point out that I was dead on uh, about the year this took place in as soon as I saw the Jeep in the uh, beginning of the leap in the last episode. <laughs> Quantum Jeep. I said that Andrew. was a 1996 to 1998 Jeep Grand Cherokee, and the leap date was 1996. Yes, yes, yes. And I love and your notes, too, right after that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was very sad when the Jeep crashed. In... In uh, the show's defense, it doesn't appear as though they destroyed an actual Jeep. That was very clearly a CG Jeep that went off. Yes, the crash was CG, but then there was a destroyed Jeep that was not CG as a set piece. 
Okay, well, I here's... guess we got to reach out to NBC. Were any jeeps harmed in the making? Of- yeah. <laughs> here, here's our here's our first derailing right here, but it involves yeah. a jeep. Um, I don't know if you remember the mountains behind our our old house. Yeah, we of course used, we do. Yeah, we used to go hiking and stuff in there, and then in this which we never should have done. Which we never should have done. Um, <laughs> there was this. What was that? Were there wolves? And no, there were drug druggies and Nazis. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a lot worse than wolves. All right. Yeah. yeah. But um, there was this Jeep that was overturned in one of the clearings. And every time we went, there'd be a little bit more of this Jeep missing. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember that, but I'm like. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I mean, that makes perfect hey, sense now that I know. I would do that. Yeah, exactly. Now that I know what it's like to, you know, be with a person who is all about Jeeps. Um, yeah. Yeah. You see a what Jeep are you trying on the side to say? of the road. That you are the king of quantum jeep is what I'm saying. <laughs> quantum well, that, jeep. That was the thing, though. We shouldn't have been hiking there. We actually fell. We didn't fall, but we like stumbled upon this it, this encampment, and there were like swastikas everywhere. Awful. And uh-huh. I was like, under the big tree, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't oh. think we should be here. Keep it These are yourself. not people I want to run into. <laughs> yeah. Way to, way to go, Riverside County. In yeah, right. Empire. <laughs> right? Yeah, so that's my derail for the day. Jeep adjacent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, adjacent. Overall, I also liked the juxtaposition of the teen angst that we all know and went through and experienced. While, but having been inside Benjamin with all that adult wisdom and the... Um, scenarios he was able to like get them out of and they kind of play it off like i mean he's the new guy so they don't know what he knows yeah. but they're just like oh his imaginary girlfriend's helping him yeah. like I, I... <laughs> but hey it's keeping us alive so but but yeah but then on that note yeah he's succeeding so yeah, yeah. he has an imaginary girlfriend but also a whole bunch of medical knowledge and knowledge about wildlife and survival okay <laughs> and then they just stop questioning yeah. you know, I, the, the teenagers whatever it is is working it. it's like they just <laughs> roll with also, it yeah yeah but it also goes back to what we were saying earlier about how you know in that sort of group they all have their own personal issues and lee leah 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 specifically was talking about when she was talking to her therapist or psychiatrist about coping mechanisms so that was brought up. So they all kind of understand that they all have their own coping mechanisms. And if they see something that they think is a coping mechanism, they just don't question it. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, that's, you know, yeah. we got to do what we got to do. The 90s was a very weird time for mental health yes. in teenagers. We were starting to become aware of aware of so many things, yeah. but we didn't know what to do about them. Yeah. It was also the era of just everything getting misdiagnosed with whatever new thing they could think of at the time. Um, yeah. A lot of things were being whatever drug they could slap a label yeah. on. Well, a lot of a lot of disorders, finger quotes, were just newly being figured out and given titles and giving given acronyms. And so that part where Addison is talking about all the kids' backstories and she talks about how Leah had been diagnosed with all these different things. I'm like, that's the story of so many neurodivergent kids from our generation and younger. Um, and there's so many undiagnosed adults still to this day because they were like even older than these kids at the time and like 
past that point and they never got the chance to be properly diagnosed. But then in this generation that we're specifically focusing on, you have these kids who were just diagnosed with something new constantly because it's just like, well, I guess it's ADHD, ADHD or I guess they're bipolar or I guess they have depression. Um, just, yeah, that's very, very accurate depiction of what the system has been like and still sometimes is. And I, I found like their stories just heartbreaking. I mean, especially Leah, because it's like she's going through all these kids' lives, and I'm like, these aren't bad kids, not at all. And I'm like, a lot of them, um, you know, the one, the one boy with like the drug problem, and everything. He probably fell into that because of all the trauma his family was placing on him. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, none of these are bad kids. None of these. You know why? Why are you locking them away? Because they're a little different. Yeah. Because well, you push them. They don't know them. how else. It's just control. It's all. Yeah. It all comes down to control. It's like you push. They're dealing. You push them into this this box that you want them to be in, and literally. when they don't conform, yeah, literally, when they don't conform, you you lock them away. Yeah. That's just a way to control what you don't understand to make sense of the world, which is unfortunately very common in a lot of older generations and a lot of, I know, spicy opinion, but overly religious communities, they're literally conditioned from the time that they're super little to learn how to control and be controlled. Conform. Yep. 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 The, um... Oh, I lost it. I forgot what I was going to say. (laughs) It's okay. Um... It's been a busy couple weeks, so my brain is a little fried. Yeah, I know that feeling well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the time of recording right now, the Dark Crystal Convention technically begins for us tomorrow, and all three mm-hmm. of us are involved in it. Um, and so by the time this is posted, um, well, will it have? It'll be happening already. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. This this goes live tonight. Yeah. So. so. Yeah, we're a little late thanks to a storm and yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to record while it was pouring rain down here and the apartment complex was a little flooded and I didn't know if I was going to lose power. Yeah, so. it's madness. <laughs> but um but yeah, anyway, so if you're if you're listening to this b- before um Saturday, you know, puppets are coming. <laughs> and if you happen to go and see us, say hi. Yeah. 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 We're still happy to talk about Quantum Leap at the at the big puppet convention and while we're talking about Jim Henson and stuff, why not? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, can you imagine if Sam had leapt into Jim Henson, by the way? Can oh, my God. <laughs> Fan fiction. <laughs> I was about to be like, did that ever happen? But there's no way you wouldn't have told me if it hadn't. Oh, we would have absolutely told you. <laughs> so, definitely. Uh, well, I was gonna, oh, oh, oh. Uh, speaking of um, the invisible girlfriend, the imaginary girlfriend, Addison, um, I love the sort of callback to the last episode in that, you know, she comes back and she's like, you know, sorry, I was absent. I guess clearly you don't need me. And he was like, I always need you. Um, That was his like his lesson in the last episode was about like, hey, you are essentially godlike to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I look to you so much that you're like, I love you spiritually, not just (laughs) physically. Um, (laughs) And then having her sort of act as divine intervention in a more serious sense in this episode yeah it was was sort of a nice continuation of the lesson that he had learned in the previous episode so that was nice it was 
subtle. They didn't like explicitly say it like a whole bunch in the text. Like they didn't stop to have a whole scene of dialogue where he's like, hey, in the, the last leap, you know, I learned that I look to you spiritually. And now it's interesting that you're serving as a guide. Like they didn't expect the audience to be dumb. We picked up on that. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was cool. I dug it. That is another definite win for the creators of this show is they do not always explicitly write everything out in excruciatingly detail and have a character deliver it in dialogue. Yeah. That is not a good way to make media. Yeah. And they are understanding of that and they are like you we are smart enough to have seen the episodes and put stuff together on our own, but they put it up in a way where it will be the connection will be made by anyone who's paying attention and anyone who's vested. Yeah. And I, I like building on that I think the actors as well yeah. are able to play into this this writing and just I've noticed with all of them they can say so much with just a look mm-hmm. and without dialogue yeah. that it just it works. I mean, yeah. Some actors are great at it. Other ones it's like oh, maybe you need to talk a little bit more. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. like I'm, I always seem to be picking it up with what they're putting down. Mm-hmm. You, you know, everyone everyone on this team is just very high caliber. Yeah. None of them, except Ernie Hudson, would could be considered, I think, you know, an, an A-list celebrity. Um, I would put them under that category now, yeah. assuming this show yeah. goes on. And I think to me, they're A-list celebrities because I can see their performances. Yeah. Of yeah. the main crew, other than Ernie Hudson, um, Mason is probably the most well-known because they had a lot of success in Sandman. And, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but that's very, very recent <laughs> still in the grand scheme of things they're they don't have the same history in the, in the business that like Ernie. Well, Hansen yeah, but does. that hadn't also aired yet even when they started when they filming, were filming this. this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they weren't even technically yeah, recognized. I mean, position. I don't know what everyone's been in like completely their whole career, but to me, everybody was new. Yeah. Well, apparently... Except- Ernie Hudson. Raymond Lee's in the Tom Cruise Cake Club, so... But then again, he was in Top Gun, so... What? (laughs) Uh, Tom Cruise delivers cakes to people that he likes or whatever. It's... (laughs) He is a strange man. (laughs) He's a very strange man. But you know what? If Tom Cruise wanted to buy me a a freaking badass cake, I would eat it. I I wouldn't... I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want Tom Cruise cake. Isn't he, like, a Scientologist and, like... Well, I mean, they're not going to kill no, us. No, I don't think he. I don't think they he makes them. I think he buys them. <laughs> he orders them from not I'm, Scientology. I'd be nervous. I would. <laughs> I would have my royal taster try a bite of the cake first, and then I would. Eat. <laughs> if they suddenly Look, become a Scientologist, I, you know not to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think he's a little wacko, but I think he's a pretty genuine guy overall. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. He's no I Bruce like his Willis. Movies. No, he's no, no Bruce Willis. <laughs> Not a sponsor, though. Not a sponsor. And neither is Tom Cruise or his cake. No. Don't come after me, Scientology. <laughs> I'd just rather have a cake from Bruce Willis, honestly. For I would. I yeah. I I have a hard time turning down cake. Like if you wanted That's to true. kidnap me, you could open the van doors and be like, "I have cake," and I'd be gone. Uh, by the way, if Bruce Willis had a bakery, you know what it would be called? What? Pie hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I know. Yeah. 
So, now, Janice. Yeah, well, I was going to say, now that we've praised the show a little bit, I actually had a few technical gripes. And I think sort of character placement and like the filming of the scene where they get in a fight about where they're going. And uh, I can't remember the guy who's addicted to whatever drug he's addicted to. It's a painkiller, I think. Yeah. He pushes Ben slash Benjamin down. Mm-hmm. When they zoom out to show that, they're literally on a road. <laughs> like a like a, a trail that has been flattened and paved by machinery. But it's not the road. Not, but I mean, it's not an asphalt road. No, but it's a it's a civilized, like I th- clearly made road. I think they were referring to like the room room drive the car road. But yeah, you, well, yeah. you don't want to be on a trail if you're trying to stay hidden. Yeah, and how lost are you really if you're on a well maintained dirt trail? Yeah, yeah. Like they weren't going through wilderness; they were walking a a drivable trail. <laughs> Well, I didn't so catch I thought that, that funny. but that is a good point. <laughs> the um, the other little gripe is the cabin. It's it's an off the grid cabin that Ziggy can't find that had an active telephone line. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I thought about it as soon as Leah picked up the phone. I was like, that cabin's off the grid. If it's off, but the- it has an active telephone line. Maybe off. That's the grid. not off the grid. <laughs> yeah, off the grid. Just Maybe it's literally. It's literally on the grid. Like, okay, it's in, but, not the power grid, but the, the network. But if you, <laughs> if you, remember back in the day, if you paid, you could get unlisted? No, I don't remember. Yeah, that. you could be unlisted. Like, you wouldn't be in the phone books or anything. I still think Ziggy would find a way to, like, I, you know, I think that versus Ziggy. Maybe, maybe it was too analog for Ziggy at the time. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Or, or here, maybe it wasn't like, um, I don't remember exactly how it worked back in the day, but you know, on a cell phone, you don't have to have service, but you can always dial 911. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was something like that. Maybe they didn't have service. Maybe it was just a phone that was plugged in that they never connected. But they did call the uncle. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. And although those are all good points. Ziggy is not restricted to public records. That's true, too. So even if it was an unlisted number, the phone company knows the number because they are the ones servicing the number. So the information is available, even if it's not available publicly. So I just like that was like drove me and drove me insane. But but (laughs) Ben found a pipe. Yeah. I was like, really? (laughs) A perfect circle. I mean, that's. I do like the way they presented that yeah. because when you are in that sort of situation, I've never been in those situations, but I have been taught how to handle those yeah. situations. Um, those are things you have to look for. They specifically pointed out that he saw a perfect circle. You are, when you are lost like that, you are supposed to look out for perfect circles and straight lines because those don't generally happen in nature. So I like that they pointed that out. That was something that Ben pulled out of his own knowledge, uh, even though Addison kind of helped him put it together because he was kind of loopy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even in that loopy state, perfect circle, what does that mean? That means that was made by somebody, which means somebody put it there. Yeah. So I did like that that little, the pipe finding, I think, was actually well executed. Um, and the cabin was literally only like 50 feet away. I- 
It's just on the other, like the literally like the tree or whatever it was blocking. Yeah. It was pretty funny. And I want to point out that the uh, the, the the evil camp directors drove there so, on the the road that they you know presumably maintained. But. Well, and also, yeah, that's the thing. They didn't. They were walking. They didn't really leave much of a trail for them to follow. They had to know where this cabin was. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I I was under the idea that it is probably owned by the camp. Probably. Or the or the owner of the camp, the one of those two guys. Um I think one of those two guys was the guy who ran the camp, if I remember right. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, last thing, my last right. <laughs> in a complete lockdown, it's really good that the imaging chamber and Ziggy can still reach the outside world. Even though literally nothing else works. Yeah. I don't know if that's really a gripe. I mean, that can be explained away as a choice. Yeah. But it it, it did come up on my mind. I was like, the elevators don't work, but the imaging chamber and Ziggy can still reach the, you know, the web. <laughs> that's good for them, I guess. I mean, they can't do much with it. Like, hey, we need help. We're a secret government project. <laughs> Here's our address. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair... I would have Ziggy, if I were to like create Ziggy and this whole thing, Ziggy would not be networked directly to the world. Well, because then people Ziggy like would Janice be wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah. If he, yeah, if Ziggy was isolated, there's nothing that Janice could do other than physically go to their location and physically connect her equipment to their equipment. Yeah. Problem solved. Um, but then how's Ziggy going to get all the information? I mean, there's ways. Yeah. Right. Well, the original series was done before, like, in a pre-internet world. So it yeah. was kind of like, they didn't really mention the internet. They kind of mentioned, like, they loaded Ziggy with tons of data. And that's how... There was local networking, yeah. yeah. But there was no... Um... TCP IP. Yeah, it was mostly... Or it was so... Or it was brand new. Yeah, it was, I don't remember exactly what your TCP IP was. A lot of it back then was government. Like, you had to be government yeah. if you were going to be connecting with, you know... Yeah, they explored that in uh, in Stranger Things. Yeah, I remember that. Dustin's, uh, <laughs> Dustin's girlfriend's act into oh, yeah. the ARPANET. Like, that was... <laughs> I mean, so you know she was rich because us well, normal people wouldn't have had that shit. Well, she was a Mormon Utah. Oh, yeah, she was rich. So. They have lots of babies and they all work the fields. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Religious generalizations with Project One of Me. <laughs> you know, I think it's okay to generalize about things that you are or were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was never a Utah Mormon, but. Well, no, that's true. Utah Mormons are truly, they're, they're different. On another breed. Level. Yeah, they're, they're different from other Mormons, and some people will deny that, but they are different. But, you know. Man, we're, we've been actually doing so well the last couple episodes on our derails. This is not one of those days. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's still, like, on target in the sense that it's It's adjacent, relevant. I guess, sure. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's easy just to tell when our brains are fried, because I think that's when we derail more. Well, yeah, and especially, like, you say one thing, and it's like, oh, this reminds me. Yeah, and I want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And then two minutes later, we're so far from the 
topic of Quantum Leap. We're like, <laughs> we gotta find our way back. It's like, somehow. and what happened? <laughs> so, do we know who owns the cabin? Was it the school? Well, we 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 don't. I don't think we weren't. But told. I, like I said, I thought I heard the the two guys, one of which ran the camp. I thought I heard them say about our cabin or something like that, but I could be mistaken. I was I was under the implication that it was their cabin or the, the school's cabin. And if it was theirs, can you imagine the horrors that went on in that cabin? I sound a little yeah. Canadian there. <laughs> I, would, I would rather have a Sam Raimi cabin. That was a for all you evil I mean, fans out there. I, I knew as soon as they got to that cabin, I was like, I really don't think the owner is going to be a good person. Well, I thought like... They're not going to be a neat guy in that cabin. Hey, kids, come on (laughs) in. Have some ice cream. I thought for sure that like, okay, this is a person who wants to be off the grid. So as soon as they like see a bunch of people walking up to their cabin, I was like, are they just going to get open fired on? I thought like somebody was just going to start... You know, you never know. Trespassers will be shot. Survivors will be shot again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, how is it they're able to just walk in there? Who who lives here? Who, the guy's chasing person? them, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they weren't home. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing. Is I, the implication was theirs because why would the person not be home? Sort of, sort of. Yeah, yeah, in the middle of nowhere, why would you not be home? You're not out yeah. at the mall. Yeah. They had enough firewood. Of course, it was also in the middle of summer. So. Yeah. <laughs> So I um go ahead. Uh, I was I was just gonna move on to asking about Janice, but if you uh Yeah. So I feel like I gotta say I think we should have had a little bit more of a resolution on that. Um I don't yep, think we I really think, learned anything we didn't already know. I think the Janice plot is stalling too much. I think there's probably a reason for that, obviously. Like there's already episodes that have the next content, but as a mid-season finale, it does seem like there should have been like some sort of big revelation. A, a mid-tier, a mid-tier revelation. And there was yeah. no more Leaper X either, so it's still like yeah. We, do we not care about that anymore? We like, like haven't talked about that in a while. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so this... are they working together? Is he working against her? Like, what? What do they have to do with Ben's reason for leaping? Like, yeah. Which, like, we know, we know it's about Addison, like, why he left early, but why? Like, that, the fact that it's about Addison is not really information. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is, but it's not anything satisfactory, yeah. sort of. Well, it's like he said he did it to save her, but to save her from what? To save her from herself? Yeah. To save her from death? To save her from Leaper X? To save, you know? Yeah. It's not clear I would on say... That. That's my only disappointment on this episode is that, that the lack of that. And I I can kind of see why this episode had its its importance. It's covering topics that are better left untainted sort of thing. Yeah. Like let's talk about these topics and just talk about talk about these topics, but then it makes it feel like this episode wasn't an appropriate mid-season episode, mid-season finale episode. 
because a mid-season finale episode I feel like should have more about the main main plot. Yeah, that did feel like it was missing a little bit. I think it was fine for a mid-season, but I would have enjoyed more of like the lore. Um, I think Jen's issues with her dad, I don't think that fits into the huge subplot. It does fit in with the parallels, but... Yeah, that that was more for the, the short term, like, yeah. the sake of having a, more of a parallel with with the past, but also kind of serving in, like, continuing to flesh out these characters for us so that we continue to feel bonded to them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're definitely getting more context about, about these characters. I feel like we could do with a little more about Ian now at this point. Like, we have a lot of stuff about their personality and a lot of stuff about, like, their role to the to the group but not necessarily their past in the same way that now we're getting that sort of insight into ben and to addison and to jen so hopefully that's next i hope Um, so kind of sucks we have to wait till january to get a little more of that but i am glad that they gave us more of jen's um because i feel like there was a long time where jen was a mystery i feel like her um backstory was sort of a later revelation compared yeah. to how long they were focusing on Ben regaining his memories. I kind of feel like magic's also been on the back burner for the last few episodes, considering he wasn't even in the Halloween episode. I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> yeah, and he was in this episode, but not in a... I'm, well, no, that's, that's not true. He was in this episode in a emotional capacity because yeah. he was with Jen and everything. Um. But yeah, I, I do feel overall he's on the back burner while they're fleshing out the, the other characters. Yeah. Okay, he's probably so. going to play a bigger role when they eventually unload more information about the Janus plot to us because he's got to be, you know, more involved in that side and of things. I, I also yeah. have the sense that <clears throat> when Magic was talking to Jen about her issues with her dad, talking about how, like, you know, people make mistakes, blah, 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 blah. From personal I'm thinking, experience. yeah, um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that he's speaking from personal experience, like, is that something, you know, because this is a future he never had until Sam came in. So yeah, it's like, is it something that he's experienced with his own family or is that he's ex- experienced with his children? Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, his children are his own family, but I mean, like, his parents or whatever. But yeah. it, is it something from that, or is it stemming from something that he's experienced with his own kids? And so I kind of like... As the dad of the son, yeah. essentially. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, I, you know, I kind of want to get more of that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a good problem to have, though, where so many of the characters are so relatable and interesting that some of our biggest complaints is that we want more of the characters. Yeah. Yeah, so. And that's how it was when I would watch the original. I always wanted more Al. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, we. Let's find out about Al. Yeah, we got we got um, a lot of Sam backstory, and we got little nuggets of Al's backstory. But I'm like, I want to know more, because you don't get a lot of that because he's the guide. Yeah. And I, I feel like they are touching on things, but it's still, it's never enough. Well, I assume that if the show goes on long enough to the point that Janice becomes a more predominant character, we would then get a lot more insight about Al sort of through her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that'll be cool if that happens. At least in post original series yeah. to like what yeah. kind of dad he to, was to Al's death yeah. sort of thing. I I have a feeling that Janice is going to wind up working alongside the team. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty much inevitable. Yeah. They're going to have a similar goal. Leaper X is a, a third party. Like we said before, maybe run by someone in a different time period. Um Maybe somebody not who, even discounting that he could be leaping from their equipment just from you know four or five years in the yeah. future, or he was working with them and then like goes rogue. That's yeah, true in the too, future yeah. sort of yeah. thing. He tries to do something for personal gain and become dangerous or something. That's always possible, and it. I'm guessing it maybe did something that hindered Addison's future. Yeah, right. Because otherwise, why would Ben? Ben would be like, okay, so Addison will leap and take care of this, and it'll be fine. This whole season is culminating to something happening in the future, and not the past. Yeah, exactly. So it would make sense for Leaper X to be from the future a little yeah. bit. Um, going back a little bit to dads, oh, no. uh, I wanted to point out how much I think Ben will be a good dad. I think so uh, in this episode specifically when we see him talking to teenagers which is notoriously the most difficult time to be a person and raise a person yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> and um, and my kid was relatively easy but the teenagers oh my god yeah you're the only one of us that has done both both been a TJ teenager and raised a teenager um, but seeing Ben handle them even though to them he appeared as a teenager as well, he still talked to them like a dad. Yeah. He did not talk to them like a, a peer, but he talked to them like a caring father figure. Well, plus, like, the was, way that he communicated with Addison to reach, like, that conclusion of how to do it. Like, they make a really good parental team. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I liked how, as he filled in that dad role... He talked to them. He didn't talk at them. Yeah. You well, know? <laughs> I always say, okay, so I'm a, I'm a teacher for anyone who does not know that. I, um, I teach. I work with kids, and the majority of the kids I have worked with have been teenagers. And But I will say a um, policy that I swear by and always have is that you have to talk to them as if they can believe that you were once one of them. <laughs> like, you, just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you are a better person than a teenager um, or, or the kid that you're talking to. So this was a really cool illustration for me of, like, he literally is talking to them like he is one of them because he is masquerading as one of them. <laughs> yeah. So he's talking to them in the exact way that he should have if he were also, like apparent to them but he is one of them he's a kid he's a peer so yeah. that really like was validating to me as um somebody who works with kids um who like a huge part of my philosophy is just to talk to them like you are a fellow human being <laughs> yeah. as opposed to i am somebody who's above you now granted i am not above many teenagers because i am five one <laughs> but the point still stands. You're a small person. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, it's nothing, age is nothing but a number. Just because you're older doesn't mean you know any better. Yeah. Now, typically, as you get older, you experience things in life that teenagers have not experienced, which gives you insight. Yeah, there are certain things you will know more about, but that doesn't make you a better human. And they're good. Insight doesn't mean you're going to make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to listen to you if you're trying to give them advice, but you're talking to them like they're idiots. Yeah. It's like they're not right. idiots. They just haven't experienced it. You don't respect people out of fear. There is definitely yeah. a difference between respect and fear. And I feel like a lot in the older generations nowadays get those conflated. Um, they think that, you know, if you fear somebody and you listen to them out of intimidation, that's the same thing as respect. But it isn't because the minute that person is not near you and you don't feel like they're going to see what you're doing, like those are the teenagers who are like sneaking around and trying to get away with things without permission, like. Yeah. They're afraid to get caught. But if they genuinely respected those adults, they wouldn't feel the need to sneak around in the first place. Exactly. Like, when you were a teenager, you respected the people in your life who you felt like you could be honest with. Like, that's what respect is. You don't, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're scared of them and you only behave when they're looking at you, that's not the same yep. thing. <laughs> 100%. And it, it is a little bit different, though. There's... There is this sneaking around and stuff. There's normal teenage rebellion. Well, yeah. That doesn't go under mm -hmm. that umbrella, but... Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. it's not like I'm doing this specifically to because. get back at somebody or, or I'm doing this and I'm sneaking around and I'm having fun and being a normal teenager, but I'm afraid that if I get caught, I'm literally going to get abused. <laughs> like it's, Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a difference. Uh, whereas, you know, if I knew I was going to get caught, you know, doing something I wasn't supposed to do by my mom, like I was going to get a long talk. But yeah. like, I didn't hide a whole lot from her because I felt like even if she disapproves, like, we're still gonna be able to talk about it. Exactly. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben gets it. Clear, clearly Ben gets it because he's, you know, literally walking in there in their shoes at, <laughs> at this stage. So it was a cool little metaphor yeah, for how to talk to kids. At, at, he does have the, the slightly added benefit that at his age, most people that age don't have teenagers. So he is closer to being a teenager than most people with teenagers. Actually, I think he's a little bit older than we previously thought. Is he supposed to oh, yeah? speak? Um, I know the actor is only like in his 30s, but if you remember, he immigrated from Korea when he was like nine. Mm-hmm. And in 1989, his mom was in the United States. Oh, okay. So, so he's probably closer to... Ben is probably closer to he my He could age. have been born in the 70s, yeah. even. Exactly. He hasn't so, said what year okay. he was born yet, has he? It doesn't, but we know that if his mom was in the States, he's at least nine years old. At that yeah. point. True. Which means he could have been born exactly nine years before that day but that would still place it in 1980 yeah so so and actually if you look at the original as well scott bacula was actually younger than sam beckett wow <laughs> so i was like huh okay i feel like people seem older to us when we're kids anyway like when they do <laughs> when you guys were first watching quantum leap like of course scott bacula seemed like a 40 something year old man um but now that we How are old older he? and we're looking at 
I think he's, we're like, yeah, he's like 25, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Ben's a baby. Scott Bakula, I think, was 35. He's a couple years mm. older than mom and okay. dad. Okay. Okay. So I think he was like 35-ish. Yeah. Well, and when you're a kid, 35 seems like, whoa. Like, Forever. You're going to okay. be... You're like an adult who has it all together and is married and has three kids by the time you're 35. But well, no. <laughs> and this is how we know that I obviously have issues because teenage me was so in love with Scott Bakula. <laughs> you know what? I mean, he has he has a charm. There's not he, he that's does. not that's not invalid to feel. But he was old enough to be my father, and I was just so in love with him. <laughs> hey, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> That's we, not an un- uncommon we, thing. We though. talked about daddy issues a little. That is absolutely um, one of the ways that that manifests. So, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Andrew and I have an age gap. Not quite as dramatic as, you know, with Scott Bakula, but... Yeah. I... I Never. We were both in high school at the same time, so the age gap is not that large. Not for very long. <laughs> like, not for no. a very long time. And to be clear, we did not go to One high year, school together, for everyone listening. But no. Didn't even know each other during high school. Well, I mean, I knew you in high school. When I was in high school, yes. I knew you. We had met. You were like a junior, I think. We did not start dating when she was in high school and I was not. No. We did not start dating Let's for like clarify. seven more years after that. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Just thought I should so throw that out there. Everyone is really confused. Anyone listening? CPS? Yeah. You are not obligated to follow along with any of that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was a long time. Because I remember, I remember mom and dad like wouldn't even let you go to, to meet her without... Meeting her parents first. Yeah, my yeah, my mom. Yeah, same exact thing. Like, because we met on MySpace. For you know, oh my like, god, like that now date we're dating us. ourselves. Yep, MySpace, circa about two thousand five. Um. So yeah, when we met for the first time, both our parents were present because they were concerned that we were not um who we said we were because you know we might have been creepers. And I am a creeper, you... but not in the way that his parents were. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my thing was um, back in the day of AOL, I'd meet people, and it's like everybody you meet is some forty year old man living in his mom's basement. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. teenage girl, nope, forty year old man living in his mom's yep. basement. Operate under that assumption, absolutely. I'm sure sometimes that's true. Oh, I'm sure of it. So back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, how did we get on this? Um, <laughs> We're we're um we're all talking about dads, which is how we got on this. But I do have what I think the most uh, impactful line of this episode was, and it was also kind of mirrored with with magic. But when Ben is talking about Leah and her parents, and I don't remember the other girl's name, Stacy. I think. I'm terrible with names. The other girl with the nose piercing. Which in, in the 90s was like the epitome of rebellion. And cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah she, I mean, she oozed cool. 90s cool yeah. for sure. Uh, but yeah, when when they're kind of arguing, and I think it is the, the, the boy that says something like, you know, why would you do that? 
you know, like, what does it matter? What do they, what do they matter? And Ben tells them it's for her. The, the fixing of the relationship is never for the other person. Yeah. Her relationship with her father or mother, who, or whoever it was, um, fixing that relationship is not for the father. It's, it's for yeah. Leah. And magic kind of says the same thing yeah. to, to, to Jen. He doesn't say it in those exact words, but that relationship with her father that is strained like she should resolve that. it's almost like fuck the father make the relationship what you need it to be for you yeah. yeah fix it don't fix it but make it what it needs to be for you or at least get the resolution that you need well and i also thought back to the previous episode where we were talking about daisy forgiving her mother for doing this horrible thing it was <laughs> never about the mom it was about daisy yeah. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the same feeling I got with this. And, you know, maybe her parents would eventually come around. Maybe they wouldn't. But, you know, at least she does have an uncle who seemed pretty there for her in the yeah. end. And it's still going to hurt. It's still going to be shitty. There's still going to be things that are traumatizing. Maybe but the at uncle least will she adopt her. Yeah. At least she has someone in her corner now. Yeah. You know. Well, and all these friends, too. Exactly. Like. There's also found family. Like, this this show is all about found family. I feel like yeah. almost every episode, if not every episode, has touched on the concept of the found family and strained relationships with your blood family and how, like, your the relationships you make in your life are what matter the most. Like, that's definitely yeah. the core, I think, of this entire series. Yeah, so far. I... I absolutely agree yeah i would agree with that as well and um we've all had found family i think <laughs> not uh, i'm gonna bring this down again religion <laughs> is kind of i think the biggest culprit in blood family is the only thing that matters and i think a lot of people who escape religion in whatever the way they escape it rely heavily on found family. I've seen a lot of that, yeah. And found family can be blood. I would say that Leah's uncle, even though he was blood, he becomes found family after that point. He rescues his niece. Yeah. Um, he seems so appalled at what was happening. You can pretty much imagine he had no idea what was going on. Yeah. yeah. He probably doesn't have the best Leah. relationship with her parents. Uh, yeah, it kind of seems that way because especially... Parents are good at hiding things yeah. to other people. And, and Leah was so adamant that, no, my uncle's cool, my uncle's cool. So it's like, is he that cool uncle that you don't really get to see because... Yeah. You know. X, Y, Z. Yeah. But yeah. So... I, when we watched that episode, I was thinking to myself, does Leah go back to her family or does she go home with her uncle? Yeah. Because in my heart, in my head, I'm, I was also thinking like she probably lives with him or gets adopted by him or something. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you brought that up because I literally thought that in the episode, um, as it was ending. Well, especially with, um. I'm sure, you know, CPS and everything got involved in, hey, you sent your kid to this camp. You 
yeah. probably had a good idea what was going on. So uh, we're going to keep her where she's safe. Well, also, like, I imagine the uncle would have had a sit down with the parents, too. Just been like, oh, I'm uh, sure. Hey, <laughs> did you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and clearly, the, the you know, by the fact that Ziggy and Addison, like, tell Ben, that, you know, they end up all being fine when they grow up. Yeah. You know. And that's because they... They all do yeah, well. they all do well. They all... Which, you know, is a little corny, but that's Quantum Leap original, and I love that they yeah. do that. It's silly to think that just because you escape in a situation that everything in your life is going to go well and you'll end up successful and have, you know, everything be roses. But that's what we want to hear. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> you know, it's... They don't want to drag you down. It's it's basically it's a show about hope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They want to give you hope. They'll be like, "Well, yeah, they wound up dying 2 years later from, yeah. you know, <laughs> gun violence or something." Well, the thing is it's about how Ben saves them from a tragic yeah. end and puts their life on the yeah. right path. So it doesn't make sense if their mm -hmm. life doesn't go on the right path because then the leap would this would not have been successful. Um, exactly. But it's not like just because their life ends up being as like ends up being okay it's not like they never suffered a day in their life ever yeah it's more just their life turned out the best it could have been because of what you did yeah and i'm sure there were other struggles but the addison's not gonna be like and in two years she'll struggle with this yeah. and but she'll find her way yeah it's no it doesn't just matter a summary just, yeah did they get the best they could yeah have? well i said that's what we want to yeah hear. i um i like that the thing you said about hope, because none of those four kids had hope before. Yeah. They had all resigned to being who they are. But yeah, then Ben gave them, them hope. So it was literally the addition yeah. of hope that allows them to basically better their lives. Yeah. From that and also, on. let's take note of the fact that their original plans when they first escaped were to all go separate ways. Originally... One was going to go to Vegas. One was going to go to Alaska. One was going to go back to her family. Like they they had no plans of sticking together whatsoever. These these they're all just a tool, yeah, yeah. to get to their yeah. destination. And at first, other. when Addison's like, "Oh, they're all going to die," it's because they split up. They split up and they die. Yeah. So, in many ways, it was all about ensuring that these kids have each other and saving this new family so that they can continue to live their lives in each other's lives. And it's not to say that they're never going to have problems again. Never have problems again. Um, but <laughs> they live the best lives they possibly can because they have each other. Yeah. And um, I lost my thought. Because I sang. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was about to say something and then it fell. Um, and I did like how they, they uh, did mention they were going to be friends forever and then Addison was like oh yeah they go on vacation together they keep in touch and yeah. you know that's just kind of nice icing on the cake so not the Tom Cruise cake if, yeah not the yeah, yeah not a Tom icing Cruise on cake. the non Tom Cruise cake or the or the pie hard <laughs> 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 so I guess on that note I think oh did you have more oh no um on the subject of found families and you know the friends sticking together um obviously the the main we talk about how the main core of all of this is about friends forever and uh found families and all that um 
So we've all had friends that we've loved and lost and friends who'll be there until the end. So our question slash poll for you guys um, is, do you have any of those? Do you have a ride or die friend? Do you have a, a found family or at least one, one person in your life who is that, that ride or die? So I want to go first. I have kind of three separate answers for this. Uh, the first is um, during high school and, and post-high school, I had a very close, uh, close-knit collection of friends, and we did a lot of stuff together. We saw each other all the time. Um, Two were sisters, one was one of them was my girlfriend, and they had another friend who then became my friend. And one of the things we loved to do was go to Disneyland uh, all the time. Uh, two of us, three of us, ended up working there. And we all, you know, we were always there. And we made a pact a long time ago, I have a picture of it, um, of going to Disneyland on that day. A, sp well, a specific day, sorry. And I fully intend on going there that day. And I am very curious to see who shows up because none of us talk to each well, other what really. Was, what was the pact? <laughs> and one you of them is... You made a pact. Can you say what the pact was? To go to Disneyland on a specific mm -hmm. day. I did, I think. Yeah, did you I? did. Okay. Okay. Um... Uh, one moved far away. Another, we had a very severe falling out. Um, and the severe falling out's sister is remained civil this whole time, is very friendly, but we're not friends the way that we were uh, at that time. So I'm very interested to see, you know, who shows up on that day. I'm not going to say the day. but <laughs> Did you say like a specific year though? Oh. Like... I'm not saying say it now, but like when yeah, you Yeah, no, there's the an there is an exact date, okay. yes. Um Is it coming soon? No. Oh. No, about fifteen to twenty oh, years. Okay. Oh, okay. Man, who yep. knows what could happen so, by then? So much has happened in the last fifteen to I know. twenty years in our lives. Yeah. That who freaking knows, man. My second answer is I Absolutely, yes, do have a ride-or-die friend. And we just went to Disneyland with them yes yesterday. Was that yesterday? You talking Sydney? about Shane? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I met Shane when I was five. And we are very different people. <laughs> but we grew up together. We do have very, uh, very key common interests. And... It's not like a friend. We don't talk every day. Um, we have very different personal lives. Um, we have different religious beliefs. We have different political beliefs. Um, we don't even live that close to each other. But he will always be my friend. And I don't think anything could ever break that. Um, you know, getting together... We we feel like kids yeah. sometimes. We do fun things. So it was his first time ever seeing Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. And uh, he wanted me there with him because that's one of our 
biggest bonding points um, is Star Wars, our love of Star Wars. Uh, we saw all of the prequel trilogies in theaters at midnight with each other uh, when we were in high school slash right after high school. We grew up on the originals, we played with our action figures. So you know, that's our, our love of Star Wars basically solidified our friend group or our friendship. And he moved away um, when we were in middle school. Um, and here it is 25 years later after the, he moved away uh, we've been friends for 31 wow so he, I feel old yeah <laughs> 32 actually 32 years um, but yeah you know he's he's a ride or die friend and then so, I mean like this is all found family um, unfortunately my first family broke up <laughs> but um, Shane is a, a found family that that can't be broken. He might as well be uh, chained to me metaphorically for the rest mm -hmm. of my life. Um, and all friendships are different. So like I said, we don't we don't talk every day. Sometimes we go several months without talking. I know we've even gone a couple years without talking. Um, but it's never felt like more than a day has passed when we talk or when we see each other. All we do is we catch up. We say what's happened, and then we begin. And there's you know, so much reminiscing too, beautiful. because like yeah. the memories between yeah. them from all the way back from when they were little, like we have so many those, good memories. Yeah, they always go right back into them, and you know, become little boys again. It's pretty great. I remember babysitting them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I kind of babysit them. Me and uh, me yeah. and <laughs> me and Shane's wife kind of babysit <laughs> them. <while we're> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what's happening. That's funny. And um, more recently, I have a very old friend um, who I've known for about 20 years, um, but I didn't talk to for about 10 to 12 years. Um, and during that time, I have kind of not kept my friends. It's not like I'm cutting people out of my life, but it's just I've, I'm a very homebody I have my, you know, my relationship with Sydney. I don't go out and party. I don't like hang out with a lot of people. And more recently I had discovered that I am missing friendships. And this one just kind of naturally started back up like four or five years ago. And um, I don't think I have experienced a friendship like it before. It's just a very... I don't know, honest, open, we, we talk a lot, we don't see each other very much, and it's nice to have somebody, a third party, kind of outside of my, relation, my relationship with Sydney, who I can talk to, which is something I haven't had in a very long time. I never, like, thought I was, like, missing something, but as it happened naturally, um, she, uh, she's become very important to me, and she's going to be one of my... Uh, grooms ladies. <laughs> well, the only grooms lady, I think. Yeah, everyone else yeah. is a grooms man. But <laughs> nice. So yeah, those are those are my three answers. That was a lot. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's a very Sorry. personal no, episode, by the way. Yeah. I think we're we're spending collectively yeah. more time talking about ourselves on this um, podcast than on <laughs> the show. Yeah. But, so hopefully that's cool. By the by, this point. In our, in our yeah. series, you're clearly friends with us, so. Yeah, you, you, you know yeah. us, you know what we're going to do. You're here for us now. 
I um I do have so many answers to this one because as Sydney knows, it's a very recent development. Yeah. Um where I, I'm feeling like, wow, I I've done this to myself and I have very few people to call on. Um so we've been talking about that and um how important this friend has become to me because she represents just a friendship yeah. that um, like I said, even though I have Shane, who is my ride or die lifetime, lifelong friend, said we don't always really talk that much. And it's nice to have one yeah. that I do. Well, it's somebody yeah, who very knows personal. you now. Like, yeah. like Shane, we, we say it all Correct. the time. Like you and Shane have this friendship that's like, it goes beyond time because it's been going on since you were so little. You've been through so many phases together with this other friend that we're talking about. Um, she is friends with you for who you are now. And that's that's special. Yeah. yeah, like if we met now, we would be friends. If Shane and I met now, we probably would not be able to build yeah. a friendship yeah. because one. of how very different yeah. we are. You're so different. And we all have friends like that too. Um, whereas Alora and I are very similar and have a lot of um, like-mindedness. And that, so the friendship is built naturally as who we are now, as opposed to who we were when we actually yeah, first yeah. met and way over yeah. in high friends school. Built by, anyway, friends sorry. built by lifelong experience versus friends built by, you know, who you meet now at, at a specific phase. Um, it's very different. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have a couple of those as well. Like my first, my first answer do. to this question, um, my oldest best friend that I've had since I was literally a year old because she's technically part of my family. Um, so my, my grandmother, um, has been married three times. Uh, and the man that she ended up marrying forever, forever, um, they got married when I was three years old, but they were already dating, you know, from the time that I was really little. So he's my grandpa to me because he's always been around, but he's not my grandpa by blood. However, when he married my grandmother, he already had two kids. And one of those was, um, her name is Valerie and she's two years older than me. And so we met when we were toddlers because we, she's technically my step aunt because she's the stepdaughter of my grandma. <laughs> she's my mom's stepsister. <laughs> It's very confusing, but she's next on Maury. Yeah, but she's yeah. closer to my age. And so we became yeah. friends right away, you know, as as literal babies. Um, so I don't have any memory uh, without her in my life. And it's kind of similar to how, what Andrew's talking about with Shane, where we've been through so many, literally all the stages of my life. You know, I've known her, but we're very different in a lot of ways. And there are many points in our life where like maybe we didn't get along about certain things. We didn't agree about certain things, but we had that bond of, well, we're literally family. Like we can't not be in each other's lives. We, <laughs> we know too much. <laughs> like we've been through too much. So, like there's no going back at that point. Like we know each other so well in, in such, you know, in ways nobody else could unless they've known you for so long. Um, so it's very similar to to Andrew's situation with Shane. Um, and she's, you know, my first and oldest best friend. Um, I am also going to take this opportunity to mention somebody that I thought Andrew was going to mention, but I'm glad I get the chance to mention him. 
um, we, Andrew and I share a, a, another best friend that we often joke is like our third. <laughs> um, and his name is Ari. And he came into our lives in a very weird way. Like, <laughs> um, and without boring you with, with that whole backstory, all you really need to know is that when the three of us are together, he is um, very much a best friend to each of us individually in different ways, but also a best friend to us together as a couple. Like, if that makes sense, it's like the three of us have a, have a friendship um, that's very special, but then he's also a really good friend to each of us individually as well. In similar ways to that Elora is to Andrew, I think Ari definitely fills a position like that as well. Um, the difference is that I think Ari knows me <laughs> really well too. So there's, so that changes the dynamic as well. But the friendship dynamic also changes dramatically depending on, you know, if you have a significant other in your life, because, you know, who your shared friends are. It's not like I'm not friends with Elora, but what Andrew was talking about is like, you have your friends that are your friend and know you and then yeah. organically become friends with your partner just because they're your partner. But Ari came into both of our lives at the same time and got to know, and the three of us were roommates for a while. And um, he's I actually going to be performing our wedding. He's going to be our, he's yeah, the he's one marrying us. He's not marrying That's us. Cool. It's not that kind of thing. We're not a thruple. He is marrying us. He's performing no. our wedding, but not marrying <laughs> Yes. He's, he's the officiant. He yes. Yes. <laughs> he is the officiant. <laughs> if you have seen the movie yeah. Amsterdam, uh, we are. Um, I can't remember any of the names so, right off the top of my head. Harold. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Margot Robbie, Christian Bale. Hold on. I I'm got it. Harold. We're gonna we're gonna edit this part because I want to sound like we know who we're talking about. So John David Washington's character Harold is absolutely, um, that is Andrew. I'm Margot Robbie's character. Her name is Valerie, and Christian Bale plays a character named Bert, and um, Ari Bert. is our Bert, hundred percent. Highly recommend. Nice. This is a, a plug for Amsterdam. Go see it. Nobody's seeing it. It totally bombed at the box office, and it rules. It's such a good movie. Wow. Um, it's so good. And that uh, the friendship depicted in that movie is absolutely um, Andrew and I and, Spot and on. Ari, very, very much so. Um, so, yeah. And then but uh, I have one more um, best friend that is sort of my version of Elora for Andrew. And that is um, her name is Christina. She came into my life in the last handful of years um, not me, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually know of, and have known several Christinas. And it's weird. When I talk about them in my head, like, I don't even think of the, like, I don't know how to explain this. I don't even think of the word Christina as being the same name. Because when I'm thinking about you and I say the word Christina, it's, referring it's a to different, different word. Things. And when I think about yeah. other friend Christina and I think the word Christina, it's a different name. So, like, I just assume everyone else to know exactly which Christina I'm talking about because obviously they're different Christinas. Um, right? We, um, we, we have resorted to calling her white Christina. Yeah, that, yeah once that happened. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, once what, we came I up mean, with that. that in, yeah. Wait, yeah, I, we, am we, I white Christina? No, your sister Christina. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm no. like... Yeah, your sister Christina. I'm like, because I'm white. white. White Christina is our friend. She, White Christina is Sydney's yeah. Alora. <laughs> Like I am friends with her, 
um, but she is like Sydney's friend. But she's white Christina because we worked with a Christina who is of, I believe, Filipino descent. And, and you can't say that. Can't can't call her by that, but you can call someone yeah. white. So yeah. white Christina. We had Christina there, and white Christina. Christina. <laughs> and white Christina. <laughs> Um, that's, that's yeah. awesome. And your sister, Christina, mm. you're, you're the nun, obviously. Um, I'm the nun? <laughs> sister <Yeah>. Christina. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, somebody tell uh, my kid that because... <laughs> yeah. I'll just get a, a brick wall of emojis with cry laughing. <laughs> yeah, you will. That's what I'll get. Um, so yeah, I think... All of this to say, you know, to circle back to what Sister Christina's answer might entail, it just seems like there's sort of a pattern with adult friendships. Like, you have tiers of, like, categories of friendship. And they can all be ride or die. Like, they can all be people that you're loyal to and people that you love, people you jump into in front of a train for. But they're still different, like, flavors of friendship because, like, we both have a friend who we've had since we were babies that's a friend for that reason and we have friends who came into our lives later on and who know us for who we are now and and everything in between and then somebody like Ari who's friends with us for all his own reasons and it's like because I feel like my identity as your partner is so much ingrained in who who I am that it's cool that we have a friend who's in on that in a way like in a friendship way again it's not don't mean that to sound weird get your head out of the gutter but in a like you know for somebody to understand us as people both individually and together that's a special kind of friendship too so christina what are your tears sister christina what are your tears of friendship or is it just one or is your only friend god (laughs) i am friends with me how did you know i was gonna say that to you i am friends with god um No, I I do have three different kind of answers. Um, I have my one of my best friends from high school. We're still friends to this day. I talk to her quite often. I'm in like a little group chat with her and Emily. She's like Emily's aunt. Nice. Um, I haven't seen her in a little while because you know adult schedules suck. Nice. But we have that kind of a friendship where it's like we can pick up right where we left off. So that's that's my my one ride or die. Um, yeah. My other one is actually a lot more recent. Uh, my coworker, mm-hmm. which is strange. <laughs> You're supposed to hate your coworkers. <laughs> I mean, that's the general consensus. But I love my coworkers. But she came in and we were just like, I would say something. She's like, Oh, me too. And then she would say, like, Oh, me too. And Finally, we came to the conclusion that we're pretty much the same person. Nice. <laughs> and building on on white Christina, she, she often tells me I'm the white version of her. <laughs> so you're somebody else's white Christina. <laughs> no, now you're going to make white Christina confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I laughed when you said that. I'm like, oh, my God, because she says that so often. And, you know, we have we have a lot of fun. We hang out and... Like, she's she's my ride or die. I'm her ride or die. We've got each other's backs, you know, no matter what. Um, the third one is actually a little sad. Hmm. Um, she was my, like, very, very first friend when I went into high school. And 
I mean, I went from junior high where I was total outcast, had zero friends, and then I go into high school and I meet this girl and she's talking to me and she's not bullying me. And I'm like, oh, this person actually wants to be my friend. She was like my best friend all through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like she was the first person I called when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. We used to do like everything together. And uh, we kind of drifted apart later on. We had a bit of a falling out. And then, you know, we came back together. And honestly, even when we were fighting, I still would have had her back no matter what. You know, she was so close and such an integral part of my life. You know, I would have done anything for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like she would have done anything for me Mm -hmm. as well. And that's actually kind of how we reconnected. And I'm really glad we did because she actually wound up passing away last year. And it was nice to kind of have closure and come back together before that happened. And I'm still a little sad because we didn't get to take our road trip that we were planning. But um, we're actually thinking about, like, me and my other friends from that group are thinking about doing that at some point. Oh, you totally should. Yeah. You absolutely but that, should. Those are, those are my three friends. I didn't name names, but those are my three, like, core friends that are, like, always in my heart. Yeah. So what about you, gentle viewers? Well, viewers with your ears. <laughs> Shh. See? See? <laughs> Let us know. It's not yeah. just me. Um, I definitely think that the the tiers of friendship and the different types, you know, that's, I feel like that's more normal than not with, with adults, especially. Um, yeah. So it's cool to see aspects of that being explored in this show. And I really hope we get more of that. Um, I hope that they explore the relationships uh, between all of these characters and we can see sort of how each of them have their like types of friendship with each other, but then also as a group. So hopefully we get more of that because I'm, it's, I'm vibing with it so far. Yeah, I I'm really enjoying this show and the the subjects they're tackling and the way they're uh, portraying these characters. I just I just yeah. I'm so into it. I was so afraid I was going to be hypercritical, but I'm so into it. Same. I think I think we even kind of talked about that, but basically all of my worries about what the show could have been. Before the show started, like, I don't even have them anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in love with this show. Yeah. It's a very good show. It's the best new network television show I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Um, you know, shows on, like, HBO and Hulu and Amazon and Netflix, they get such a higher treatment right now because they have basically higher budgets. And, yeah. Um, I, I don't... I think the last new network show I've liked was Psych, which was 12, oh God, 15 years ago now. Ago. So it's been a while. And um, yeah, this one's really hooked me. And the conversations it gets us to have. Like we come here to review the episode, but we, we sidebar so often because it just gets us talking yeah. about things, yeah. which is very, very cool. And I'm, I'm here for me it. Me too. And apparently, and I'd like to send this shout out, we have like an audience of 
roughly 50 people. Thank you so Whoa. much for enjoying our tangents. Whoa. Yeah. yeah thank you guys for listening to us. You every know week. a lot about us now. I am. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I did not. Yeah, sorry about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it got super personal. It did. Um, given the subject matter, it's not, you know, inconceivable. Honestly, I why. knew yeah. that as soon as yeah, like I, as we're watching the episode, yeah. I was like, oh, when we're recording later, this is gonna get real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How yeah. how could it not? I'm surprised I didn't cry. Mm. Yeah, especially when you were talking about your friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling it. Because I I also knew yeah. she was never as close to me as the the first friend you talked about. Yeah. And um who I'm not close with, but like I, I play games with her yeah, sometimes yeah. and play. So and um I know one of the friends who are talking about going on that road trip who I am friends with on Facebook, but it's um well, I'm just going right back into it. You know what? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um don't need to open it back up. Yeah. Lost is hard. Yes. It, it it really is. And it was like one of those strange things where it's like, we're only 40, you know? And yeah, yeah I know she was, you know, she had heart problems and that's probably what led to it. But still, we're only 40 and it kind of had yeah. me come to grips with my own mortality. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> why I'm so gung ho about Tai Chi lately. <laughs> I mean, yes. and other reasons, but um, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a <laughs> a very big mental element to Tai Chi yeah. as well. So yeah, more so than some of the other martial arts, if I understand it correctly. It, it has actually brought me out of my shell. It's helped my depression. My exa- I'm not saying it's cured it. But it has helped it a lot. I'd like, and people around me tell me they can see the difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, after the past few years we've had, that's important. I, you yeah. know, I, I needed speaking of yeah, loss, I needed something, and that's that's what I got. And we went well, again, right back into it. <laughs> yeah, right back into it. This was a very personal yes, episode. I hope you guys don't mind it. Um, this episode actually, uh, I think, meant a lot to me. Not the episode of the show, but the episode of this podcast. Yeah. Um, talking about some of these things is very, uh, like, you know, when you vent things. It was an emotional vent in a way. It's a cathartic. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in, and uh, we hope to have you guys here next week. Thank you. What did you think of today's show? Send us a message on Anchor or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at PQL Podcast. Links will be provided in the show notes. Show us some love. Follow and subscribe, and don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. You can also help support the podcast by visiting either our Anchor support page or PayPal link in the show notes. All supporters will get a special mention at the end of our episodes, and we are working on new and exciting perks to bring you in the future. 